Welcome to Not Just Pretty Pictures, a podcast that celebrates the written word, the art of storytelling, and the writers who write those stories. I am Eric Rutherford, and I will be reading these stories of triumph and truth, detailing the journey behind the pretty pictures with the hope to uplift along the way and find the commonality between us all. Today's piece is by Jocelyn DeFries, actress and trans activist. The Status Quo by Jocelyn DeFries. I've always wanted to fit in, be accepted, and be loved. In the late 1990s, I did a pretty fantastic job of playing the role of gay Midwestern teen boy attending an all-boys Catholic prep school in Omaha, Nebraska. Stakes, cows, and a very flamboyant teen who decided that the best way to reveal his sexuality to the world was in the middle of a moral values religion class. The topic of class on this faithful day was homosexuality and the Catholic Church, a very subtle way to tell my teachers and my classmates that I was gay. Now, I would be lying if I said that this class was the first time I professed my sexuality out loud. The jocks at school already knew that I was gay and were shockingly fine with it. This fine group of young men served as my social currency and provided needed security for any possible ridicule. They assured me that they'd fuck up anyone that messed with me. You're cool because you don't act gay, DeFries, was the resounding feedback I got. Wow. You mean I don't act like a freak, outcast, undesirable? Gee, thanks. The partial acceptance was probably a result of me coming out to them at a keg party after having a threesome with two girls, but who's to say? Really, all conjecture at this point. I was acceptable because I fucked girls for fun, could drink 10 beers, and always had a bag of weed in my pocket. This was the information in my brain, and my emotional health held on to it. I fulfilled what was required of me, see the above fucking girls for fun example, I partied and I acted like the hetero bros around me. I spoke in a deep register, walked a little more stiffly than my natural gait, and I never let my guard down in a social setting. Internally, I was constantly suffocated by a standard of masculinity that was so rigid that non-stereotypical displays of masculine brute need not apply. My relief? Well... That came in the healthy combination of alcohol and drugs. When I was drunk or high, I felt free. With this liquid courage and chemically enhanced confidence, I really thought I was embracing my identity and living in my truth. I was able to do brave things like come out in a religion class, give a speech to the faculty of what it was like to be the first openly gay kid at at my all-boys Catholic high school, and to proudly be the first student to take a same-sex date to prom. Although I was able to shout my sexuality from the rooftops, I was still in denial of my true gender identity. While I believed that I was being my most authentic self, little did I know that I was just beginning my journey of getting honest. The first time I ever said that I was trans out loud, I was on acid. I was 19 years old and driving around with my best friend on the first day of spring, 2001. 
My friend asked me, what do you need to be happy? For whatever reason, at that moment, I had the courage to say something I hadn't uttered since I was five years old. That I felt like a girl. I decided to get honest with myself and the world. I gave myself permission to express my femininity. Like most things are, this expression was awkward at first and involved a whole lot of working through my intense levels of internalized transphobia. All of a sudden, my reality did a 180. Rather than live with the constant feeling that I had to hide my feminine sides, I was faced with feeling afraid to let the masculine out. I felt that in order to successfully be trans, I had to pick a side. I was either all girl or all boy. There was no middle ground. Boy or girl, you had to pick. I had to pick. This meant I had to make myself more female. It was exhausting. This might shock you, but as this epiphany was happening, another revelation came to light. While drugs and alcohol were great friends to me in high school, things were getting a bit too real and it was time to get sober. Losing my alcoholic and chemical armor meant that I had to confront my life and my truth with all the lights on. If you've ever gone through the process of getting sober, you know how terrifying it can be. To throw coming to terms with a life filled with repressing my true self, it was a challenging time. My deep voice made me scared to speak in public. The constant staring and whispering I experienced from strangers on the street was excruciating. I paid specialists to teach me how to speak in a feminine voice. I spent thousands of dollars on surgeries that would help feminize my body. There was a sudden pressure to become smaller, literally and figuratively. I felt awkward and, and self-conscious. I felt I was finally giving myself permission to be authentic. Yet I still felt like I was supposed to, to be something for other people. I was longing to be my most authentic self, but society told me to fit a mold. I've always had the mouth of a drunken sailor. Since I was 14, fuck was my favorite word. I was told by a white cis hetero woman that a lady shouldn't use the F word. And I had a boyfriend who regularly cheated on me and told me he thought it was trashy when I swore. Somehow, the part of me that was so desperate to fit in was willing to accept these as truths. Somewhere along this gender journey, I stopped caring so much about what other people thought of me and embraced the true duality inside of me and decided to embrace the masculinity in me. I stopped believing the lie that female masculinity is inherently dangerous and decided to live my truth come hell or high water. As much as I would like to credit myself for this progression, I owe so much of my growth to a generation of youth who continuously tell gender and restrictive binaries to go fuck themselves. When I start to doubt myself or question how far I have really come, I think back to the first time I was asked to play a male role in a short film following my medical transition. The film required me to present as a gender I just spent so much time and energy erasing out of myself. 
as I bound my breasts, pulled back my hair, and wore clothes that were two sizes too big to dwarf my body. I looked in the mirror and broke down in tears. Instead of seeing the powerful woman I was, I was being stared at by the teenage boy I spent most of my life hating. Instead now, instead of contempt, I felt sorry for that boy. That boy was in so much pain and working so hard to hide a truth that I now saw as beautiful and authentic. On that film set in an old mirror, I started to embrace my transness in a new way. Where I once had wished I would have been identified female at birth, I now became grateful for my life, my gender, and my journey. I am grateful for my deep voice and my perceived masculinity. I love that I have hilarious stories about being a gay boy in a fancy Nebraska prep school. I mean, really, how many gals get to talk about their Cub Scout days or showering with the guys after gym class? Being a rebel and refusing to accept the status quo gets a pretty bad rep. But I'm starting to embrace the badass, complicated beauty in forging my own path. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jocelyn for sharing your story and for forging your own path by refusing to accept the status quo by creating your own. Plus, I've always seen you as a beautiful badass. Now it's in you and in your writing. Join Jocelyn and I in the next episode as we chat about being a rebel, growing up in Nebraska, and embracing her identity on her own terms. Not Just Pretty Pictures is hosted by me, Eric Rutherford, produced by Courtney and Phineas of Stereotype Studio, supported by you, the listener. A big thank you to our friends who shared their stories with us. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.